0: You're listening to the No Name Photo Show. It's not spouse approved. It may or may not be safe for work. We'll see. And now here's your host, Brian Matias and me, Sharky James. So Brian, here we are. Episode 15.
1: We have pulled our episode output.
0: See, now that one's easy to pronounce. Last week, not so much. Much
1: harder. A lot of vowels that didn't make sense to me.
0: You have problem moving your vowels like crazy. So, you know, well,
1: especially when there's like a U and then an O. Dad joke. Oh yeah, that's actually, that yeah, wasn't very good. If you have to explain it, only the dads, I guess will get it.
0: I didn't explain it. I just labeled it dad joke. What are you talking about?
1: I, I didn't get it at first because I'm, I'm, I'm a dad to dogs. <sighs>
0: there you go. All right. Why don't you tell us what's on today's episode? I'd be happy to.
1: So this first story was one that initially when I saw it in my stream, it, it's a Petapixel article. It came through on Twitter. The title was compelling. The story itself I thought was really compelling so I reshared it to my audience. And then you and I spoke about it offline. You covered it on your current episode of the Petapixel Photography podcast. See, I'm, I'm plugging it for you. Done. What what episode number is that? Episode 231. 231. And it's about a photographer who brought a model to a regional Lowe's home improvement store and did a photo shoot. So we'll talk about that. The second one is actually, uh, I'm excited about this because this is the first ever kind of new segment where an audience member actually pinged you and I on Twitter with a question, a multi-threaded tweet question. So what I'd like to do, I'll say it now and then at the end of the show, audience, everyone who's listening, if you have any questions or topics that you want us to cover, use the hashtag AskNNPS for a no-name photo show. So A-S-K-N-N-P-S.
0: And in theory, we're going to check that hashtag and pull some questions out of there to use here on the show.
1: Absolutely, I'll set up, you know, a list for
0: that hashtag. Sounds like a plan.
1: So Sharky, the story that came out and this has been circulating a lot. You said it was just reshared by like some other newspaper today or
0: The Daily Mail. So the Daily Mail is in the UK, but now they've gone, you know, everything's on the internet. So it's going nuts on there. This thing's going viral. On Petapixel alone, it's been shared as of this recording over 53,000 times. Yeah. And for good reason, because it was a cool idea. I wish I had it myself, but there are some pitfalls to it. And we're going to talk about that.
1: Yeah. Let me introduce the story first. Kind of went into this like circular motion thing. Uh, so this article that we're talking about is it's titled ugly places pretty portraits. I did a photo shoot in Lowe's and it's by photographer Jenna Martin. So the premise is this jenna decided to take her friend who i believe is, also is a model and a makeup artist to her local lowe's and lowe's is like a home depot for those that you know or a
0: diy kind of store as if you're in the uk or maybe i think down under they call them like diy stores do it yourself
1: oh i didn't know that but it's one of those, one of those places you can go and like build an entire house find everything you need to build a house in under one roof
0: under one roof you can build a roof oh Sharky, sure. you wouldn't want to actually build the roof under the roof go ahead sharky that, that's so, not a dad joke that's just a stupid comment all right go ahead
1: <laughs> thank you sharky so um the, if you look at the and we will of course link to the story in the show notes at com. but the photos straight out of camera and the after photos both of which jenna provided are fantastic that's why i shared it the concept which uh like i was gobsmacked that this was the first time i saw something like this the, the execution was great, but when I reshared it and then I spoke with you, Sharky, Sharky, you had a, a kind of a different tune. So why don't you share what that was?
0: I'm the negative Nancy, the Debbie Downer naysayer of the uh, of the photo world, right? You know, I used to be a photojournalist, and you're always looking for the pain points. You're always looking for what could go wrong. And how do I counter that ahead of time? Because when you're in a situation, you need to be able to deal with it. It's like if you're into firearms, you practice, just whatever. So you're ready to go. And I was thinking this. I'm like, based on my past experience working for corporate clients and dealing with people who have, et cetera, just paying attention, I know that... Lowe's is not going to give you permission to do a photo shoot there. Now, I've since reached out to her and she couldn't. She's so wonderful. She's like such a sweet girl. Reached out to who? The photographer. Her name's Jenna Martin. She's in uh, Billings, Montana, I believe. So not a huge area, and she basically said she knows everyone at that store because it's a small area. She built an underwater housing for her camera and stuff to do underwater shoots, and they're beautiful. She's really just unbelievably talented at that. So everyone there knew her, and they gave her permission to do a shoot. She just showed up and said, "Hey, can I, you know, shoot here?" Blah blah. blah. And they're like, "Yeah, no problem." Now, what I said in my show is even if you get permission at the local store, Lowe's is, I think, not going to be super happy about this because now that it's been shared tens of thousands of times and people have seen not only seen these photos, but they see the premise behind it, like go shoot somewhere ugly like Lowe's, for instance, which I'm sure Lowe's isn't going to be happy being called ugly. They don't want to associate their brand with, you know, something negative like that. Now they're going to have who knows how many photographers show up and do stealth photo shoots in their store. For one, that's technically trespassing. You're not there to, you're there for a purpose other than what the business is designed for, which is to make purchases. They are not going to give you permission. They're just not. If they did give you permission, and allowed you to shoot during business hours, they would have at least a couple of employees making sure everything's safe. You would need to provide proof of liability insurance in the millions of dollars. Because if somebody dies or gets seriously injured and says, oh, they were doing a photo shoot and I got distracted and now I just, you know, I bumped my head on on one of their metal ladders and cut it open and I'm a model and now I can't work. They're getting sued because they have deep pockets. You're going to get sued too, but they're going to go for Lowe's for the money. Yeah. And Lowe's has an insurance policy and stuff, but they don't want to have to pay that out. That's why they require the photographer to provide that. So that's one. And then, of course, like I said, this is going to spawn who knows how many people thinking that this is a place to shoot. And this is not. The spirit behind this is, as photographers, don't put yourself in a position where you're going to cost yourself a lot of money. I mentioned on my show, a friend of mine down in Phoenix shot at a really well-known resort there at their fountain, took a model out, did a full-on shoot with lights and everything, didn't ask for permission. These photos got published or maybe he sold them as stock. I can't remember which. They sued him for $10,000. And this was back in like 1990. So who knows? What's that like? A million dollars today? I don't know. It's a lot of money. That was expensive. Why? You know what I'm saying? Don't take the risk. You're putting yourself at liability. You're putting people at risk. You're putting the company at risk. They didn't ask for a shoot to happen. I've reached out to Lowe's. I reached out to an attorney to find out what they say about this. I don't think Lowe's is going to be happy about this.
1: Listen, when you first brought it up, I was like, oh, man, what a buzzkill. (laughs) <laughs> meaning when you brought it up when we were you and I were speaking. But the more I thought about it, it made sense what you were saying. And I agree with you. I don't think you're coming. It's not that you're coming across as a curmudgeon. I, I think it's very important to consider these things. Don't get me wrong. I don't believe for a split second. I saw the email. You would shared Jenna's email, and she sounds like a delightful person and a hell of a photographer. Unfortunately, the wording, the particular wording of her title, is a bit ugly. Places pretty portraits I did a photo shoot in Lowe's. That's a kind of an engage, an engaging title. But also, let's just take it from Lowe's. I agree with you a hundred percent on every point you made in terms of Lowe's doesn't build their stores with the thought that this can make for a good photo location, shoot location. You know, and these kinds of stores like Lowe's and and Home Depot, they take safety exceptionally seriously. Like if, um, if they have to go get a pallet from one of the the platforms above the typical store shelving, I mean, they shut down both ends of the aisle. They have someone there flagging traffic. You know, they also have sections where they have uh, motorized saws and stuff where they'll cut wood to size. And they, I mean, they have a whole cordoned off area where you're not allowed to stand. You know, so they have thought this through, not because... And listen, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be cynical here. It's not because I think these companies are really concerned for, you know, your well-being. They're concerned about not getting sued. That's why they, uh, these not just Lowe's, but restaurants and stuff, as soon as there's a spill on the ground, they're coordinating it off with signs and stuff. And the thing is, if Jenna's photos turn out to be, you know, meh. This would be a non-issue, but because her photos, and this is a compliment to Jen, in my opinion, these photos are, re- I like them a lot. I don't care for some, some of them are kind of, I'm kind of like, like the one she was on that. And I think you made that point, Sharky. She was on that, the sled on wheels where you put really heavy stuff.
0: Yeah. And she even said, she's like, I know we're not supposed to shoot on that. And originally they moved it and she's like, no, let's move it back. Imagine if she had the model up on one of those ladders. Yeah. And the the employees there know her. They would have let her do it. They would have been like, "Well, I'm going to go down aisle seventeen instead." Like you said, they don't exist for you to do photo shoots there. She's a sweet, sweet woman. She really is. She she couldn't have been nicer. The response I got from her was wonderful. So I'm you know I'm championing her on this. But she inadvertently put those employees' jobs at risk.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And that's important. And I don't want you know her to feel bad about that. I don't want anyone to feel bad about that. But the manager, I think she said the manager thought it was okay too. Well, the manager doesn't have that authority. I guarantee you, they're going to have an uncomfortable conversation with Lowe's corporate and they're going to say, no, don't ever let, they're not going to lose their job. I think it might go in their personnel file, or whatever, but they can't authorize that. They don't, I know for a fact, the store manager cannot authorize that. They can't absolve lows of millions of dollars in liability just because they want some, you know, oh, yeah, we know her. Let's have her do a photo shoot.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, um, let's talk about even the week like where the two days or three days before the iPhone 10 was supposed to start shipping. It already was announced. The engineer whose daughter and wife they visited Apple campus, and the daughter has a vlog, and she included the iPhone. Tell like, small part of it. Uh, you know, it was totally innocuous, but it actually wasn't because if you look, if you freeze some of the frames, there were some like confidential stuff on his iPhone. He was fired, and that made a whole news cycle.
0: And that was the right thing to do. That's horrible to say, but it was the right thing to do. When you work at Apple, you you know this is not allowed. Yeah, you do, you just they they take this so incredibly seriously. He allowed it to happen the right thing to do was to let him go because the message needs to be sent to the rest of everyone else. This is what happens. You get fired.
1: Yeah, and so to this thing, I mean, maybe if this wasn't petapixel maybe if this was some other you know kind of a you know if it was just her on her own blog not to I don't know what her blog traffic's like but not a major major photo site you know where this didn't become a news cycle this probably would have most definitely would have kind of gone unnoticed but because she had such a robust platform to share these again admittedly beautiful photos on this became a major news cycle and if Lowe's their social media managers and tech people are worth their weight in salt they would have gotten uh, analytics reports key word hits instantly and by now like you said with over 53,000 reshares and picked up by other news uh, media that is something that I'm very interested to see if, if there's any fault I hope there's not like you said Chucky I don't want anyone to get fired I don't know for a fact but I have to believe that that was never Jenna's intention Unfortunately, though, it wasn't also the Apple engineer's daughter's intentions to get her dad fired. But
0: but here's the thing. The dad had the responsibility to say, no, honey, we can't do this. In Jenna's case with this shoot, see, an employee wouldn't have known necessarily. The manager would be like, OK, I don't think this is allowed. I don't think we can do this. She didn't seek permission ahead of time, but maybe she didn't know to ask. Your average photographer wouldn't know that there's liability issues until you reach a certain level or you deal with corporate clients. You wouldn't know that they require millions million of dollars in liability insurance, et cetera, to make sure something goes okay. But here's the thing. What's the remedy to this here now? Lowe's can't put out a statement and say, all right, the world, don't come here and do photo shoots. So now to try to thwart this, they're either gonna have to put up signs on all their stores that says no photography allowed, which is kind of ridiculous, but they're gonna encounter people doing photo shoots. And we didn't really describe it so much, but she, just briefly, she used the lighting section with the chandeliers and everything in the background. You know, it's lit up like the 4th of July in there, right? She had her, the model a fairly good distance from it you know, subject to background distance. That helps with your, you know, bokeh. I think she shot probably like F1.4. So she threw that out of focus. It looked beautiful. She also shot her in front of that big wall of color swatches. That was cool too. I wish I had come up with this. It was a great idea. The photos were beautiful. They could, like she said, she could have, you know, maybe executed it even better. But I think she did a darn good job. The problem is, is this is going to inspire others to now go to these stores. Here's the thing, too. It's not just Lowe's. So now the competitors to Lowe's are going to have to deal with this. So the Home Depot is now going to have to deal with photographers using their stores as a photo set. Other big box stores, I. Ikea. Somebody in in one of the comments on Petapixel said, oh, I've done this before at Ikea. Well, you know, it sounds like a negative Nancy thing to do, but you can't shoot at these businesses. And what I mentioned in in my uh, show, in episode 231, we've all, if we're going to admit it, we've all shot on private property and didn't get permission. Whether you drive by a farm and you're like, you know what? There's no one around here. Here's a field. Go ahead and move the couch into the field. Or there's a barn in the background or whatever. You're not supposed to be there without permission. It's different than if you went to the Grand Tetons. (laughs) I'm doing that now just to annoy you, Brian, because you think it's played out. The Grand Tetons. You can go there and shoot all day long. You don't need to get permission from anybody. But if you're on, you know, uh, the Johnson farm or whatever, old McDonald, you better get uh, some permission. And what I said in my show also is if there's something identifiable in there, if it's someone's house or another part of someone's property, and even if it's in the background, if it's identifiable, you need to get a property release. Mm -hmm. You need to get a property release. If you don't, you're going to get sued, possibly. And, there's, and Lowe's is not going to give that to this woman unless they decide, let's make, you know, lemonade out of lemons here and let's use this. If they're smart, they'll use this on their social media. They won't mention they'll just people will just assume that a shoot was done at Lowe's by somebody they hired. They won't think, oh, some amateur photographer or whatever did it.
1: Well, sort of, I mean, you know, the whole lack of property release. Really, so that means you can't do anything with these photos commercially. You can't put them in stock. You can't. Other than a blog post at this point, they've been rendered inert, you know, but to your point you like, if you look, these are Sherman Williams, the, the paint chips are all Sherman Williams. So like, that's a whole nother brand that's with its own IP and its own kind of like permissions that it would need. So there's a lot to consider, but all in all, you know, again, You said it yourself, I think, in the last episode, I think with Tamara, like you always ask yourself when you do something, like, what's the worst possible thing that can happen here? In this case, fortunately, nothing bad happened, but there could have been a lot of stuff. And because the results, the output is so stunning. And if you look, a lot of the comments are very much in high praise. It's very easy because these stores are all over the place, can lead to kind of copycats. And, you know, it's like, in a way, it is a novel idea, but in another way, it's like, this is probably not a, a good thing to promote. So, Sharky, I think we've certainly, you know, what's the word dove, dove, divin, that dived,
0: dove. You actually graduated college, unlike me. You should know (laughs) this. I'm deferring to you and your degree, that fancy degree on the wall. We dove into this topic
1: deep enough. So let's move on to topic number two, unless you have anything that you'd like to close out with.
0: No, I'm just going to say that, you know, like I said, I reached out to Lowe's. I reached out to an attorney who deals with this kind of stuff. And when we hear from them, I'll update it on my show. We'll probably talk about it briefly here on this show, what they had to say about this. I already know what they're going to say, but getting it officially from the horse's mouth, as it were, go to topic number two right now, please.
1: Great. So, again, uh, like I said in the intro of the show, this is a kind of a new topic. Normally, we, you know, Sharky and I, we find topics that interest us and take it from there. But here, this was a topic that was brought to us by an audience member. His name is Martin Greenaway. But to kind of preface this, we would love to see more of this from our audience. We have a really healthy, growing audience. So if you have a question that you'd like us, you know, a topic or something that you want us to consider, use the hashtag on Twitter, hashtag ask N-N-P-S, for Ask No Name Photoshop. So again, this tweet came from Martin Greenaway. I'll just read it really quickly. A couple of years ago, I got a Canon EOS 700D or T5i with a twin kit lens kit in a Black Friday deal here in the UK. Aside from the addition of a nifty 50 and some filters, I've spent nothing more on the camera or lenses really since. I feel a bit stuck. My next purchase will probably be the first expensive one, body or lens, and will start to lock me into a system. Should I stick with what I have and stay with a Canon DSLR or twist and go with something mirrorless? like a Sony or a Fujifilm, uh, which are two of his current favorite brands. Uh, before I have a gear shell full of lenses that won't work with one of these bodies. I'm not thinking from a technical perspective, more from a, if you were in this position, what would you do photography-wise kind of perspective. So Sharky, to recap, Martin bought a several years ago in a Black Friday deal, he got a Canon EO 700D, which is kind of the lower-end, entry-level camera body with two kit lenses, and uh, you had speculated which ones they could be, along with a Nifty 50, probably the 50 1.8, and some filters. And he's been using that for several years now, and now I think he's starting to feel he has reached an impasse with the current hardware he has, and he wants to know not from a technical perspective, megapixels and dynamic range and stuff, but just from a general, I guess, I don't know, philosophical or just an opinionated point of view, what we think, where he should go or what he should do. So start by what the kit lenses you think he got?
0: So it comes with an 18 to 55. When you buy it with a kit lens, that's what usually what it is. So it's probably the 18 to 55 and then a 55 to whatever it is, like a 300. And so those aren't going to be great aperture lenses. You know, they're going to not going to be a constant 2.8, etc. So from a gear perspective, if he feels that he needs to move to something else, I think it's because, you know, you can get it done with the gear you have now until you wanna shoot in super low light and then you're like, okay, I need something with higher ISO or I need a faster aperture lens. And he's thinking, all right, that sounds expensive. So what do I do right now? Do I get out while the getting's good, while I don't have too much invested? He's got maybe, I don't know, a 1,000 plus bucks roughly invested in this kit. And he's gonna spend maybe 1,500 bucks on a camera and a thousand, two thousand on lens. He's gonna start getting into the sickness that we all have. Gear acquisition syndrome, at the extreme, and just getting good quality gear that you're going to grow with over the years. So what I always tell people is what do you shoot and what do you want to shoot? If you want to shoot sports, you probably wouldn't get a mirrorless camera unless you can afford like a Sony A9. Right now, mirrorless is not where it's at for sports just yet, unless you want to get the higher end stuff and spend a lot of money. So same thing. I love my Fujifilm X-T2, but it wouldn't be my first choice for sports. It just wouldn't be. So what do you shoot? Buy the gear that goes along with that. If you like the mirrorless technology, if you like the idea of looking through that electronic viewfinder, the EVF, and seeing your exposure live, especially since you're a newish photographer, that might be a good thing to get right there. And if you don't shoot sports, then you're good to go. I'd say get an X-T2 or you know, get a Sony, I don't know, an A7R, a 7 r Mark II or a Mark III, whatever you can afford whatever tickles your fancy these days right now he's thinking sony or fujifilm so fujifilm he's probably thinking Mm xt2 sony who knows what i don't think he's necessarily thinking like an a6500
1: well i mean the 700d is a cropped sensor PSC sensor so let's first tackle you brought up some good points in terms of we will go down the hierarchy so there's we start first with the dslr and mirrorless let's start there before we go down any brands and so with DSLRs, yeah, you're getting, I mean, arguably now, especially with the Sony A9 and the A7R 3 and some of the, like even the new, was it the Panasonic Lumix that was just announced recently? Yep, the G9. The G9. You're getting, in the mirrorless space, you're getting some pretty respectable frames per second, you know, a deep buffer. So that that's one half of with like sports photography or fast action photography, where you, you can press and hold the shutter button and have a deep well for those images to stack up in. The other part is the autofocusing speeds, which with sports photography, that that makes a break. You miss your focus, the shot is useless. So again, now mirrorless is catching up. Not all mirrorless cameras, the ones that actually will give you that performance, you're spending, like the A9 is like over $4,000 US. So like Sharky said, the first question you have to ask yourself is what's the intent? If your intent is primarily kind of landscape stuff or just general Photography, and you know, I'm not trying to be to, to overgeneralize, but if you're just shooting, you say you've got filters, which leads me to believe you're probably doing landscape. So I would start looking at what can offer you more dynamic range, and you know, what kind of sensor. Autofocus speeds are, are kind of moot. There, I never use autofocus when I'm shooting landscapes. I'm always using manual focus. Mirrorless cameras. The reason why I like them is they do offer you a lot of unique. Uh, there are some value-added features that DSLRs won't give you. Specifically, I know, Sharky, or I'm pretty sure this is something you really like, the electronic viewfinder, as opposed to an optical viewfinder, which meaning where you look through the viewfinder of your Canon camera through a mirror, it's a little bit of parallax, but you're seeing basically optically just what's in front of you. If you adjust your shutter speed, it's exactly the same, nothing changes. Mirrorless, you adjust your aperture shutter speed, and if you look at through the optical or the electronic viewfinder, in addition to the rear LCD, you're seeing exactly what the exposure is going to be. You kind of see the exposure changing, which is a huge benefit.
0: And if you're a newer photographer, that's wonderful. You know, people get confused. If you have your eye to that electronic viewfinder and you turn the back dial and that's changing your, let's say your shutter speed or whatever, you see those effects immediately. Same thing with aperture. So not only that, but when you when it comes time to, well, it's not really chimping anymore, but I guess it is through the viewfinder. Since it's darkened, you can see what's going on with your photo. It's hard to tell in bright sunlight and just bright conditions what's on the back of your LCD. So being able to review, and you'll never get that in a DSLR. So being able to review your photos in that screen on that electronic viewfinder. And they're getting better all the time. They're pretty they darn really close are. to DSLR. And so i well, are not quite there yet, but they're getting there. And so that'll be a great thing to do there, be able to see your photo in that viewfinder. And so does that appeal to you? If it does, then you want a mirrorless camera. Yeah. If you don't care about that, like, you know, right now, if I was a photojournalist again, I probably would not use a mirrorless camera just yet. DSLRs are more robust. You're getting more shots per battery. Just it's, When the rubber meets the road, operability, I just feel like when you have, I have giant hands, I'm six foot four. So you've got more controls available to you. You've got everything and it's where you, you know, you're used to it being, that's what I would use. But I'm not a photojournalist anymore. I love my Fujifilm X-T2. It's a great camera. And so it works for me. I would highly recommend the X-T2. And if you're shooting landscapes and everything, come on, you're good. You're good to go with the X-T2.
1: Sharky's going Fujifilm and I'm sure Nicole Z would go Fujifilm too because she shoots Fujifilm. I'm a Sony shooter. The reason why I am a Sony shooter is because they were the first ones when Sony first released the RX1. That was the very first full-frame mirrorless camera, but it was with an integrated 35mm Zeiss lens. And when, once that was announced and released, that it, I and before that, I was a Canon shooter for a decade. Canon was one of my first SLRs, period, the AE-1. So when I started seeing the benefits of a lighter body with a full frame sensor. You know, it wasn't like, I had been shooting full frame for years prior with a 5D2 and a 5D3, so I understood the benefits of a full frame sensor versus a crop, which is not, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. However. The reason why I would argue for Sony in this particular case is, unlike Fuji, with Sony, you can adapt, get an adapter and use every single Canon lens you currently have. So when Sharky was saying at the beginning how you're probably going to spend a couple of grand for the body and another couple of grand for lenses, when I made the switch to mirrorless with Sony, I spent the first nine months, I did not have a single Sony lens. Two reasons. One, there were only three lenses out at launch. But two, I had the basically the, the arsenal of Sony lenses I have now, I had in Canon flavor, except arguably more diverse. I had two tilt-shift lenses, which tilt-shift is still super important to me. I had a beautiful fisheye lens, my favorite fisheye lens. And then all I did was get an adapter. I ultimately made the switch over because back then the adapters either didn't have autofocus or was really poor. That has since been fixed big time where you can use the autofocus motor of the the Canon lens. So uh, what I'm saying is, if you do want to go Sony, and I... Listen, I see the photos that Nicole has taken with the X-T2 and what other Fujifilm photographers have taken, and it's an exceptionally capable camera. I am not knocking it. But from Sony, if you want to use your existing lenses Assuming that they're EF lenses and not EFS lenses, which is something to consider, because I don't know if you can adapt an EFS lens. I am not sure, to be honest. But if you have EF lenses, that is something where you can do a phased implementation. Spend a little bit of money, or how Sharky says buy once, cry once, right? Get the Sony body. Uh, you can get an A7R2 right now, a fraction of what it was new because the A7R three is out. I mean, I just sold one of my Sony A7R2s for like half of what I paid for it. You can get a good deal on one. And the A7R2 is a of a camera. I don't care what anyone says. So, Sharky, I mean, do you have anything to add there? Like uh, for me, I I'm saying mirrorless because we're making the assumption that this is kind of a landscape general photographer. I say Sony because I see the facts that one I know I like Sony, I shoot Sony, but two, I see he's got Canon lenses and it will make that transition a bit more palatable on the wallet.
0: So I would say the argument for mirrorless would be, you know, he mentioned a couple of brands and they're mirrorless and he seems interested in that. There is the focus peaking. You've got the EVF, et cetera. There's a lot of benefits to that. And everything's going mirrorless. Come on. Things are going mirrorless. Eventually, there's not going to be a DSLR. I think once the experience is the same looking through that electronic viewfinder, there would be no reason to actually make a DSLR. It's pointless. The mirror is a hack in the first place. You You don't need it. So I would say get mirrorless and get, in, you know, get into the mirrorless system there. If you like those kit lenses, then go Sony. If you're like, you know, these kit lenses are kind of crap, then you've got the options available to you. And there's nothing wrong with going with like a, a Panasonic, you know, G9 or a GH5 or whatever. There's so many options out there. Yeah, I mean, the
1: GH5, that, that's a Micro Four Thirds, right? Yep. I know if you have any inclination for video, I mean, there are YouTubers who swear by the GH5 and its 4K capabilities. And that's that's not a new camera. I mean, you can get that for a decent deal right now. Anyway. Again, Martin, I want to thank you so much for bringing that question to us and giving us this opportunity to share our thoughts on it. I hope it helps. By all means, reach out to us on Twitter again and let us know what you think. And again, to the audience, hashtag ask NNPS if you've got your own questions. And it doesn't have to be gear related. I don't want to make it seem like you have to ask gear questions. Just anything. Uh, we'd love to know about it so we can share our
0: thoughts. All right, Brian, what's on your gear shelf? Oh, thank you. That's what I want to know. All right. Well, I'm excited
1: for this one, only because I've started doing a lot more video. Again, I used to do, there was a, I was on a video spell, and then I went on kind of like a creative funk with it. And one of my favorite accessories, especially with mobile phones, like I just got this iPhone 10, and it can do 4K at 60 frames per second. But I don't like shooting video with my phone, you know, hand-holding. It, it, even though it has optical image stabilization, I just don't like it. So my pick is the DJI Osmo Mobile. It's not necessarily a new product, but I have one, and Nicole has one, and basically, it's a motorized gimbal made for smartphones. It's not just for the iPhone; you could put Android phones into it, and uh, even like third-party lens makers, like Moment, they make, uh, they support the Osmo Mobile. So you slide your phone into it, you turn it on, and it automatically balances itself. You you hold uh, this handle, and as you move the handle, it'll give you very, very silky smooth panning and tilting without any of that kind of jitter. And there are some really great third-party apps for iOS and Android, one of which is Filmic Pro. That's my favorite video recording app. It's on both platforms, and we'll link to that. But the Filmic Pro is compatible with the DJI Osmo Mobile, so you can start and stop recording with it and stuff. So that's my pick, Sharky.
0: Awesome. Great pick. My pick is the LensMate. Okay, this is probably one of the most ridiculous (laughs) things I've ever purchased. Talk about buy once, cry once. I spent $20 for probably what is at most 20 cents worth of materials. And it's the lens anodized red lizard soft release button that you can add to your Fujifilm XT2 or anything with a, a thread. You know, back in the day, with your Canon AE1 and old school film cameras, you'd have in the uh the shutter release, you'd have little threads in there. And so you would put one of those old school plunger style cable releases in there. So you could, you know, this is before you could do like self timer and other nonsense. But Plus you don't not necessarily always want self timer these days this would be accomplished by bluetooth and such pairing your phone with your camera and using your phone as the remote but for those of us who don't shoot film and won't anytime soon but still like the old school kind of feel of like an xt2 and such it's a little bit of bling for your camera it's not just cool looking it's also functional too if you use proper technique with a soft release button you might be able to get like one more shutter speed out of it. it. Less jitter when you're pressing that button. It's a little bit of a softer touch. A little soft, soft gloved touch right there.
1: That's just one of the most disappointing gear picks.
0: But <laughs> thank you. It's it's <laughs> for open. all five people that have Fuji Film.
1: Because I I I I used to shoot back in the not back in the day, but yeah, several years ago. I had one. You remember the Fuji X100, the yeah. kind of that uh, rangefinder style. Yep, X100F
0: and all that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I had the first generation one, which was plagued with exposure issues, but it had the same button that you were talking about. And I actually got, I had to get one of those plunger releases. Like I felt like I was going back into the dark room.
0: Well, you don't have to. Those threaded screw hole things are there, so you sure. might as well, right? But sure. um. But, you know, the whole point of having a soft release button is, like I said, a little bit softer of a touch. You know, it's also you, know, you get a little bling, like I said, for your camera. And it's kind of cool if you're going to get one, you know, drop the 20 bucks and get this one. It's got a rubber O-ring on there. Otherwise, you're going to be losing these things. They twist off so easily. So if you're that kind of person, you can get like a 10 pack of ones without it for, I don't know, like 10, 20 bucks or so. Now, here's an alternative bonus tip right here. For those of you that don't have a threaded shutter release. So you can have a, you know, a softer uh, button press practice proper technique in pressing the shutter button. Now, Joe McNally, if you look online, Joe McNally has a great video on YouTube talking about how it's a roll of your finger. You don't press it downward, it's a little bit of a roll. I've never been able to do that quite well enough to make any difference at all. But if you can, if you've got that kind of dexterity and you can practice it. You will get an extra shutter speed or two or whatever just by not shaking your camera as much, not being so spastic when you're hammering away at the button there. So there you go. Bonus tip for those of you with regular cameras.
1: Sweet. Not a bad tip. I mean, if I if I spent $20 and lost that, I would probably bust an O-ring too. So,
0: oh, 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 ring. All right. That
1: was a stupid dad joke.
0: All right. So, Brian, I think this was a a great show. If I say so myself, which and I do. So where can people find you?
1: Thank you for asking. Uh, I am on social. I am at Brian Matias, which is. B-R-I-A-N-M-A-T-I-A-S-H, everywhere. And then my website is Matiash.com, but uh, I would love it if you went to my YouTube page and subscribed, because like I said, I'm doing a lot more video, and that's just youtube.com slash Brian matias. What about you, Sharky?
0: Awesome. You can find me on social media everywhere, LensShark. LensShark.com is my website. Of course, I host the Petapixel Photography Podcast, petapixel.com slash podcast. I'm everywhere. Sweet. So what do you say we clap it out? I'd love to. Let's do it. One, two. Good enough. Nice. Love you, brother. Love you too, dude.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the No Name Photo Show. Sharky and I would be thrilled if you would subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using and tell a friend. So how about we do this again in the next episode? Yeah, let's do that.